The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Last night, we gathered in our parish hall. Some of us placed bright-colored beads around our necks as we walked in. Children and youth decorated scooters and bikes with glow sticks and streamers. The Southside Brass Band led a festive march around our patio as young people and parents joined in. We danced and we sang and we clapped. Shrove Tuesday, also known as Fat Tuesday, is about indulging in our tradition, um, overeating pancakes and waffles and bacon and sausage. I know uh, that some from our congregation traveled to New Orleans and Biloxi as well to, to participate in this season of um, festivities. In fact, Mardi Gras is about excessiveness in full force. It is a season where people put on costumes and masks and beads. It's a subtle acknowledgement of covering up who we are, covering up through excessiveness, of presenting a side 
of who we desire to be, but not who we are. We need a mask or decorations to cover up. I even uh, I wore a funny purple hat that Catherine had let me borrow, which for some reason just putting on the hat was an invitation for me to dance and be silly. And in reality, covering up some of the same pain that I experience just as everyone here every day. And then we come to today, a day that stands in stark contrast to that event that we had last night. Our masks are stripped off as we proclaim that we are nothing more than dust, and to dust we shall return. There's no adornment and no need to pad the message. We are invited to take off all those things we use to cover up who we are underneath. Instead of covering ourselves with masks and beads, Lent is about unmasking who we really are. The arrangements are simplified. The sanctuary is sparse. We have even buried the alleluias. And Ann and I were talking the other day, and I, I need to acknowledge with you all that we are so connected and we live by our smartphones, so I'm sure that the news of today is weighing heavily on your hearts as it is on mine. And so it's meaningful to gather with you all in such a broken world where there is such senseless violence like there was in Florida today. And Ann and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the big things in life, which is different than we normally are when we're normally talking about how crazy the dog is, as you heard last week, or paying bills, or our bad parenting habits, or over-the-mountain real estate. But for a brief moment, we turn to that bigger stuff, and we're lamenting about the problems of the world, and probably a conversation we'll have when we talk tonight. And for some reason, both of us responded at that same time. I mean, God, if people would just do what is right, if they would do what they are supposed to do, and just act the way that we all know that the world should act, then the world would be a better place. If people would just be nice, kind, and love their neighbor, all would be well, and all would be well, and all manner of things would be well. And I believe this to be true. The world would be a better place. We would not experience the pain that today has brought. But the problem with the solution that Ann and I offered is it fails to acknowledge that maybe as humans, we're not capable of always doing what is right. Maybe this is the truth of those stories in Genesis or a better way of wrestling with original sin. We're broken. Maybe not in how we're designed, but in how we actually function. We make mistakes, we err, we judge. We can be mean, we can be selfish, we can act in our own best self-interest as opposed to being in relationship with others or doing what is in best for the community. And we march forward each day in our life convinced often that we're doing our very best. And if we're not, we blame someone else. I mean, that's, today I want to blame others. I want to blame the kids that picked on that former student. 
However, what our Christian faith offers us is the promise that life does not always come, does not always continue in us moving forward, but instead in turning around. Our journey asks us to turn back today and not forward. That word repentance, it really means, it literally means to turn around, to look back on what we have done. Our Christian faith calls us to examine who we are and how we are broken, to acknowledge this brokenness, to acknowledge that we have all messed up, that we have not done our best, and in some instances done quite the opposite. This is what it means to be human. We're invited into this as we read the litany of penitence, which is one of the toughest prayers that we'll read all year. And to not blame anyone else or anything for the problems that we have to acknowledge our own role. I was struck by Bishop Key's address at our diocesan convention. He um, He was talking about reconciliation. He shared a personal story, and then he shared about a broken relationship with one of his congregations. And even a brand new clergy in the diocese, I was aware of this story. But what struck me was that he didn't put the blame on the congregation and their clergy. And I'm sure, like with all conflict, there is enough blame to go around for all. But instead, he was looking inward and trying to take responsibility for the role that he played. I think he said something to the tune of looking inwardly is what's necessary for growth, necessary for reconciliation. I think that in the conversation that Ann and I had a few weeks ago, lamenting about the world, what we failed to recognize was our own role in creating the world as it is today. Our humanness and brokenness plays a part. And as much good as we both try to do, I am still greedy and selfish and far too self-interested much of the time. There is a part of the story of our lives that we all play. And so Lynn is that invitation to turn around and to acknowledge so that we can be freed to live the life that God has called us to live. And I also know that this is terrifying work to do. It's terrifying to stare into our souls, our deepest feelings into God, and to have God shine a light on all of those blemishes. It's not pleasant, or at least for me it's not pleasant. But what I do know and what I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that God loves us regardless of what we find. No matter what, God is there. In our deep work of repentance and self-reflection, God is there. And it is in this work that we can fully acknowledge the enormity of grace, the freeing and life-giving gift from God. But that gift only makes sense through the journey of Lent and deep self-reflection. In a moment, we will hear Psalm 51, where the psalmist declares, Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and put a new right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. While we come from dust, And while we will all return to dust, God is with us in this journey to invite us into the challenging and holy work of being human, broken, and yet still a sacred and precious child of God. It is my hope for all of us that the words of the psalmist will watch over us and the practice of self-examination will restore us to the joy of God's salvation. We have shown up today, which means we are willing. We have begun a 40-day journey. May God take our lives and open our lips, that both our lips and our mouths can declare God's praise. Amen. Please stand. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection, and it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. The season of Lent provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. Holy baptism. 